Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, Father Dickinson, what do they do? They should email us ignition at sfcatholic.org. That's ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or they could tweet at us using the Twitter handle at SFDiocese using the, and the hashtag Ignition. The Twitter handle at SFDiocese and the hashtag Ignition. Right. So, Father, we are, um, uh, as this episode is an airing initially on air um, on uh, May 12th, approaching the end of this year's Easter season. It's actually Stay the- on target. <laughs> That's right. Stay on target. Stay on target. It's been actually 40 days from this airing date since Easter. Uh, no. Yeah. No. no. Dang it. <laughs> 47. Math. Dang it. 47 days. <laughs> Shoot. I thought we were going to have great. South Dakota it's Public School math strikes again. Oh, boy. It's still yeah. going to work for what we wanted to talk about, but I was thinking it was even better. So uh, it's been 47 days since Easter. Which means it's almost 50 days. Which means it's almost 50 days. Which means the Easter season is almost up and you can quit buying pastel candy. <laughs> My, um, I, <laughs> I, I, I should introduce myself because it's relevant to what I was going to say next. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And he's addicted to Easter candy. No, I'll, oh. get, I'll get to why, but who are you? I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White, South Dakota, and the director of Pius XII Newman Center on the campus of South Dakota State University. And I am also a, uh, not a wife, I'm a husband of um, almost 17 years, and uh, and, uh, with my wife. You can't be a wife. uh, Correct. A father to five uh, beautiful children, whom, Father Dickinson, for many, uh, for about a week or two after Easter, Mm, really wanted to go to the local grocery store to see what was in the clearance aisle for the Easter candy. For the candy. My nephew... Big markdowns. Big markdowns. My nephew, when getting explained the Easter octave by uh, my sister-in-law, he said to her, does that mean I can eat candy before breakfast all week? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, maybe not. I I don't know how that was resolved. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, he had a pretty good argument there. Right. 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 So so we're approaching the end of the Easter season. Um, I was excited there because I was thinking that today, but it was last Thursday, um, is the the forty days since East was forty days since Easter, which is Ascension Thursday. Where do we get this crazy idea of like these forty days and fifty days and things like this? Is this just something we made up? Is this just some sort of rube? ruse by the Catholic Church to uh, fool people into going to mass more? What is this? It's a ruse made up by those rubes in Rome. Ah, ruse like made by the rubes in, Mo- Rome. in Rome, written in rubrics exactly. in the Roman Missal. Exactly. <laughs> it's all made up. By some, no, no. Uh, I should have been asking, because you're the Bible guy um, on the podcast. Well, that's it's, why I was asking you. I was asking you. Lead, I was leading the witness. Thank you. Thank you. Leading the witness. Uh, it's biblical because the Gospels tell us so. Exactly. So uh, for, we read that 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven. Um, and then 10 days after that, 
the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles at Pentecost. And so there is that waiting period, which is what we're going to be talking about uh, today on this episode of I've Ignition, been waiting. Um, between the ascension and then Pentecost. That's right. I don't qu- just, Father, this uh, briefly going off script, when somebody asks you, Father, why did Jesus have to ascend into heaven? Like there are a lot of different answers mm-hmm. to that question. I'm just curious what one or one's popped into your mind. Uh, I like the idea that it's uh, the idea of the final and full acceptance of the Paschal sacrifice. Mm. That mm. in sacrifices of old, the animal sacrifices instituted in the Old Testament according to the image that Moses saw given in heaven, is there this idea of the burnt offering representing how the offering ascended to the mm-hmm. heavens uh, as a pleasing and fragrant offering in the eyes of God. Right. And so Jesus Christ has offered himself as our Paschal sacrifice, died, risen from the grave, uh, and now ascends body and soul into heaven as that full and complete sign of God, ab- God's absolute acceptance, acceptance of the Paschal sacrifice. I really like that. Yeah, it's not mine originally. Uh, <laughs> and it fits actually with last week's episode on right worship. It does. Oh, totally it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Because, I mean, and then that's why uh, if you pay attention, especially like in the Roman canon, uh, the first of the Eucharistic prayers a priest could use. It talks uh, talks about the passion, uh, the passion, resurrection, and glorious ascension. Right, and it puts the adjective on ascension. Right, right, and that's by the way we talk a lot, especially during Holy Week and leading up to the Triduum. We talk about the the Paschal mystery, mm-hmm. but it's important to know as the first Eucharistic prayer makes clear, the Paschal mm-hmm. mystery is the passion, death, resurrection, and, and ascension. ascension. They're all part of the Paschal mystery. Exactly. Um, so, so, uh, so there was this, this 10 day period between Ascension and Pentecost father. I'd also give a second reason for the Ascension. What's that? Jesus himself says, it's better for you that I go. Right. Because if I do not go, then you will not receive the Holy Spirit. You know, I I, I, I keep asking him what he meant by that, because mm. I, I don't, why, why Lord, why, why couldn't you send the Holy Spirit if you stayed amongst, I mean, why, why does it matter where you are, where your body as in its human form is for you to send the Spirit? Are you questioning out of faith, seeking understanding? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Just making sure you're not questioning God and questioning the wisdom of God. No, no. It's like, but why? Why, yeah. why is it that way? I, I, no, no. Yeah. Anyway, so there's the, the ten uh, day waiting period, if you will, <laughs> which means something because the Holy different. Spirit is it, the Holy Spirit is the original firearm, <laughs> right? It came down as Thank tongues you, of fire and utterly changed the world. Uh, armed the apostles; they were equipped and armed. Oh, to, totally! Ah. Uh, uh. Can I steal this? Nice. Please do. Hey, okay. listen, it just, that was the spirit. I'll have an ascension right homily there. before this is ever aired. I'm totally going to use this. The nine-day waiting period. That's awesome. So, <laughs> the point of this podcast, though, and what is to really entertain struck me, Dr. Bergwald and myself. <laughs> there's this, there's this waiting period. Mm. Joking aside, there's this waiting period, and so often, Father, I, I'm, I know that's true. That it's true for both. Of, it's true for every one of us in the Christian life. So often there's this this time of waiting. We're, we're waiting for the Lord to fulfill the promises that he, because he didn't tell he didn't tell the apostles go into Jerusalem. It's going to be nine days, and then they'll, no, go and pray. Go and, and pray and wait. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I could see you know if, if I were them, I'd be like, okay, so how many hours are we talking? Like, is this going to be like tonight or 
tomorrow morning. Because I mean, I got some things I want to yeah. do, Jesus, and so <laughs> and, and 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 just honestly, the riff. I've got things I want to do for you. I need you to give me the spirit so I can do these things. Do they really want to do those things? I don't know if they did, point? but I do. But I do. Right, right. I'm just saying, like at that point, they're probably like, okay, because <laughs> exactly. totally. they haven't totally. received the Holy Spirit. They yet. haven't yet. Yeah. But how often in, in the Christian life do we? We've got grand plans and great uh, things totally. we can do for the Lord's kingdom. And mm-hmm. Lord, send me the spirit because then I'm going to do these awesome things. I work with college students. Yeah. And so they're always so eager to uh, to do things, to be active in things. But sometimes what they really need more is just to sit and wait on the Lord. Right. Right. And that's where I'm struck by, and, and, and I referenced this um, in our show notes. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. One of the antiphons from the Liturgy of the Hours uh, during ordinary time is wait for the Lord to lead and then follow in his way. Uh, and I'm just really struck because that really, that that's very convicting for me because mm-hmm. I, I tend to bounce between one of two extremes, more often the first than the second, but I get impatient. That's what I'm just speaking to. Like I, I want I want him to to gift me to empower me now. And what's that like? Give me the present now. That sounds like the this prodigal son. It does, yeah. Give it I to wish me you now. Were dead and I had the inheritance. Yeah, give it to me now, on my terms and my time. But give it to me now because I'm going to do great things for you. <laughs> just when you say it out loud, it just sounds ridiculous. Um, so on the one hand, I can get impatient, but I need to wait for the Lord Lord to lead. But then when He does reveal the path to me, and not necessarily in all the clarity or all the duration I want, I want to see the full. You know, timeline. No, he doesn't do that for me either. But when he does it, then sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't want to. <laughs> right. Jesus, what can I do for you today? Because Jesus, you need me. Exactly. Uh, right. Not right. really. Right. No, no, no. And so this idea of waiting for the Lord and, and waiting for him to lead and to, and to act in this way, and that also requires of us a trust. Right. Right. You know, to trust him, to trust his pattern of doing things, his pattern of uh, his providence, his wisdom. Do that because if somebody said, well, do you trust God? It's, oh, yeah. But do you really, really trust God? Uh, yeah. Not as much as I might like. Not as often as I should. So this, um, for me, as we're recording this, just uh, last week I was I had a long car drive uh, for a, a meeting somewhere, and I was coming back, and just some things that were bothering me that where I was being impatient, and 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 what just I was reflecting on, and I think what the Lord speaking to me, do you trust me? Do do you really trust me that I desire what is best for you, and that I want to fulfill your deepest desires? Do you trust me enough to abandon yourself to me? Right. Yeah. And uh, no, <laughs> I don't. And that's uh, that really gets, I think, in a lot of ways to the crux of the life of the Christian life. And uh, and Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit in Pentecost in this waiting time between Ascension and Pentecost leads towards that this idea of abandoning our life to God. Right. Uh, Saint Paul says in Galatians, "It is no longer I who live, but Christ who dwells in me." Right. And that's part of that abandoning. Right. You know, uh, Lord, if it is possible, let this chalice pass for me. Uh, in the uh, as Jesus prayed in the agony of the garden, yet not what I will, but what you will be done. Right. And Jesus did nothing but what he saw the Father doing. And that's how we're called to be. That's how we're called to live. That's how. Uh, that's the identity we're called to make our own. Right. Right. So, so, um, <clears throat> asking for, begging for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, praying for the Spirit, for the gift of those graces, um, and then following after whatever, with the direction that He leads us to go. 
Which is easier said than done. Which is slightly easier said than done. Yeah. So, um, and you can look at the lives of the saints and, and anyone of that sort in that way to kind of see great examples of that. Right. So. Man, but, but I, what I keep going back to in your point, you know, beg for the graces to do that. And that's the thing that I, I mean, I, I can do this on my own. I've tried, but right. I've done that. It doesn't work. Right. Uh, one of my spiritual directors I've worked with talks a lot about uh, praying for the grace to have the heart of a martyr. Mm. You know, can I pray, Lord, give me the heart of a martyr when I would ra- where I would rather die than sin. Right. Don't have that yet. No, I yeah. don't. Um, where I, I think where I would rather die than sin. And that I would, and that I would recognize the moment. Yeah. In that way too, and seize the moment when it comes that opportunity when it comes that in that moment I would choose to worship God uh, rather than to sin. Right. Right. And yeah, like you said, that's that's not where I'm at right now. Uh, you're listening, if you just stumbled across this on the radio, you're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And if you've got questions about what we're, t- we're discussing today. We've got answers. We, we'll try to answer them. We've got answers. Whether they're good or bad, you can decide. Um, we we answer, you decide. Um, the way you can ask us a question is by email ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us sfdiocese use the hashtag ignition so father this waiting whether whether it's now for us now or the apostles at the beginning um waiting for an outpouring or a greater outpouring of the holy spirit and i think it's worth talking a little bit about him can i actually just go back on waiting for a moment because something pops into my head i think we hear about the apostles waiting in these di- in these nine days before the day of Pentecost, and we think to ourselves, "Oh, well, the waiting was done." Mm. Was it? Say more about that. Well, like in the Acts of the Apostles, we hear about how there's all sorts of occasions where Paul and others, uh, when they're deciding what they should do next, would take time away from their mission and they'd fast and they'd pray for days. Yep. Uh, waiting for some sign from God of what they were supposed to do next. Right. And so just because they've received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, right. just because you received the Holy Spirit in your baptism or confirmation, doesn't mean that God isn't going to still ask you to wait or to show in this way, to demonstrate, to make real your love for him and your control for his sake by doing those things, right. by that waiting. Yep. So waiting is the name of the game in many ways. Yeah. It's the waiting game. Because the waiting is the hardest part. It is. Yeah. Waiting for the outpouring or the greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. The, some, as some theologians have put it, the, for, the forgotten person of the Trinity in some ways. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I, I've heard that phrase before, but I don't quite understand what they're referencing in that regard. And. That's anyways. It's I mean, well. I think just it's so um, you know. I've, I've worked uh, just in my 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 day job. The other the rest of my day job, <laughs> um, you know, working with some. This one doesn't pay all the bills. <laughs> Ignition. We we need sponsors, please. Um, we did, I, I think, we did it. We did. We did eat today at Jim's Burgers. Oh, you keep you used that last week too. Oh, we we didn't. I mean, it didn't work. But no, it, it, all I can do is ask. That's right. Um, I think a lot of, I'm just talking to maybe your ordinary, average, everyday, if you will, Catholics, actually faith-filled, very faith-filled Catholics, who who have said, when I've gone through them maybe on um, what it means to live in and by the power of the Holy Spirit and so on, they often don't think of the Holy Spirit as much as they do the Father and the Son. So I think maybe it's not that, I think that's why, why what some people mean when they say that the Holy Spirit is the forgotten person of the Trinity, that that 
a lot of people don't think of him as quickly as they think of the father or the son. Okay. I, I guess now I'm surprised by that because like when I read older historians per se, or excuse me, older theologians, I hear plenty of references to the Holy Spirit. I agree. In that way. And I read the saints and they're filled with references yep. to the Holy Spirit. Yep. And so um, maybe forgotten in, in the sense of the terms of like the common uh, American imagining of the life of God. I think that's true. Okay. Well, in that case, I'd accept that. Okay. So I, I renege. I renege. There were uh, a, a couple of things. I know that you, you've you been, um, have or are reading a, a book on the Spirit, and there's some things that really struck you. Yeah, a book on the Holy Spirit. It's called The Sanctifier. It's by uh, Archbishop Martinez. I'm forgetting his first name right now. He's a was the Archbishop. That's what we call him, Archbishop. Uh, he was the Archbishop of Mexico City, <laughs> Uh, in the uh, early uh, 20th century, mm-hmm. the early 1900s, and uh, which is an interesting time to be the bishop of uh, Mexico City, right? Because it's just after the uh, revolutions, uh, the uh, what were they called? Uh, um, Cri- uh, Masonic? Were they? Well, what they were talking with Masons, and were so, they? anyways, but they, there was an attempt really to stamp out Catholicism in Mexico. Which again might be odd to think about because most people, most Americans think about uh, Mexicans and they think about like Our Lady of Guadalupe right. and overwhelmingly Catholic, but they've suffered a lot for their Catholic right. faith in Mexico. Luis. Luis Martinez. Thank you. And uh, is the Archbishop who wrote the book, The Sanctifier. <coughs> and um, so, uh, anyways, and so Archbishop had an interesting time, but really trying to, did a lot of work to try and stir up. Right. Uh, the spiritual life of the people of the Archdi- of his archdiocese and yep. elsewhere in Mexico yep. to have them embrace the faith. So it's a really beautiful book called The Sanctifier about the life of the Holy Spirit. And here's a couple, I think, good images or reminders for us about who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. And so um, one of the ways that I like to talk about it, Dr. Bergwald, from him, is this idea that the, the Christian life really should be transformational more than it's transactional. Okay, what does that mean? Well, like transformational, I get like, but what do you mean by transactional? Transactional. Well, describe for me a normal transaction in your life. Oh, okay. I actually, as I think, as you say that question, so I give you something and you give me something back. So what's a transactional way of viewing the faith? So I do something for God and then he gives me something back. Right. So I give God this one hour and God gives me salvation. Yes. Right. Yes. Or God. Whether after death or more importantly on this earth, that uh, things don't go wrong, that there's no hail on my crops, that uh, my children are never sick and whatever it might be. Right. And so that's a transactional vision of the faith, whereas a transformational vision of the faith, you said you, you felt you had a good idea. Well, that. so actually now it's interesting uh, because the one that I thought was clearest on becomes less. So uh, as distinct from the transactional, uh, no, I'm, I'm not sure. How, when they're juxtaposed like that. What? Okay. Well, the transformational is an encounter with the living God that changes you so that you become changed and the way you look at your day in and day out activities changes that you live in a new way that, uh, you begin to behold and encounter the person of Jesus Christ, uh, and the Holy and blessed Trinity on a daily basis and how you encounter and experience that changes the way that you live. You are transformed. So, um, as opposed to what can you do for me? Right. It's more, well. Come and live with me. Right, right. It's the, yeah, I was going to say, it's not even what can I do for you. It's more, come, yeah. 
come and live with me. Right. Like, okay. It's a new way of living. Right. As opposed to just simply a new way, a new, a new thing to do in your life. Right. And if you look at the word trans, so the, the form of my life is, mm. is changed, trans, transformed. So, right. so how I live is changed. And the sense of what's the image or what's the end, what's the telos, what's the goal of my life? The goal of my life in each day should be a lived awareness of union with the Son of God through the life of the sacraments, the scriptures, and the teachings of the church. Right. And to live in that and to be aware of what Jesus is desiring to do, what the Holy Trinity is doing in my life at each and every moment. Right. Right. God is not so big as to be unconcerned with the smallest moment of your life. Right. Exactly. He's actually, he's big enough to be concerned with the smallest moment of your every, life. And that's one of the things that... Um, probably over the last decade has really just, it truly is for me exciting that the idea, the reality, it's not just an idea, the reality that God is not just interested, but impassioned, if you will, about every aspect of my existence. Mm-hmm. Everything I do, he's really interested in. Right. Right and, now he loves you. Right. Right. This very moment. Yeah. Which, like, who does that? <laughs> God. God. Fathers. <laughs> Son. Do you love your children right now? Oh, exactly. Do you, right. Your, do you love your wife right now? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. But that's, but that, you know, I'm thinking about that. So I go, I go home at the end, part of, and part of our ritual, our routine, ritual, our routine, if you will, um, is that uh, Jermaine, my wife, asks me about my day. Hmm. And it's really funny, Father. We, we, she and I have talked about this more than once. I literally... I, I need her, this says something, I don't know what it says, I've, I haven't figured out yet. I need her to say, so tell me about your day, or mm-hmm. how was your day? I can't just start, I, 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 I really have a hard time just, so this is what happened today without her prompting me to hear about it. So anyway, so I tell her about my day, and, and some of it she's interested in, and honestly, I'm sure some of it, like, okay, whatever. But God is interested in every moment right. of my day. Right. And that's... This idea of that transforming faith as opposed to just a transactional faith. And I just, who, who, who wouldn't want that? I mean, if, if I, I don't know, if you're, if you're somebody who's maybe away from the faith or mm-hmm. isn't Christian or isn't Catholic, like, this is part of this gets very near to the heart of the Catholic proposal. And this is how the saints live. I mean, St. Francis of Assisi lived. Uh, 1,200 years after the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, but he lived as if, and actually not just as if, but actually lived where Jesus was with him at every moment of his day. Right. He lived a, a deep awareness of Christ's presence in his life. Yep. 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 And, and, and not just like a psychosis or like an imagining, but a lived reality right. with him. Right. So um, the Holy Spirit is... It's the mission, it's appropriated to the Holy Spirit in this way that he does this work of transforming, this work of sanctifying, hence that title of the book, The Sanctifier. Right. This is his job. Now, the Father and the Son sanctify and guide and, and transform, but it's really appropriate to speak of it in terms of the Holy Spirit right. in this way. Right. So maybe a couple images here at the end of this episode of Ignition that would help us out to understanding uh, what we're waiting for with the waiting of Pentecost and what we're living in our Christian life. Yep. So the first one would be this image of the Holy Spirit as the divine artist. Do you know any artists? Yes. Okay, like what sort of artists? Uh, painters. painters. Uh, a sculptor, too. A sculptor. So, so often the, the, the artist has the ideal in their mind of what they want to create. They have the image or they have uh, the person or whatever it is, and then they work with their medium, with their craft to draw it out. 
from there. And the Holy Spirit is an artist, a divine artist, who works on your soul in the same way, that he wants to bring Jesus Christ to life in you. Right. You know, uh, to be a Christian means to be a little... Christ. Right, to be an imitator of the Christ, a little anointed one. And so the Holy Spirit as this divine artist. Does that... Yeah. 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 Um, and I think that's just a good way to think about it. So I need to pay attention to and listen to his promptings, his works. Because, because unlike the canvas or the piece of rock or marble, mm. I'm an active participant. Exactly, in this. like the, the the sculptor just chisels away, but but the Holy Spirit will not do His work on me without me. Right, because yeah. God is a gentleman. Right, and so that's uh, a beautiful way to think about and understand the Holy Spirit, and also to encourage us to follow in His ways, mm. to follow His lead. In this regard, you know, going back to that antiphon from the Liturgy of the Hours that you mentioned at the beginning, wait for the Lord to lead, then follow in his way. Right. And uh, I think maybe our next episode of Ignition is going to touch on this idea of how we learn to listen and follow the Lord in his ways. Right, exactly. And so uh, the uh, the other little image of the Holy Spirit living within us from uh, Archbishop Martinez's book is as uh, a log on a fire or a charcoal. So, uh, skin your summer, do you barbecue? Yep. Gas or charcoal? Tonight, actually, gas. Oh, yeah, okay. I, know, I know. But if you had charcoal, I mean, you've lit charcoal fires yes, before. Yes, And so you got the lighter fluid and you haven't blown yourself up. Yep. And so far, there's, so good. there's some flames on the coals, but eventually what happens to like the edge of the coal? Uh, it starts to get black. Of the coal? Red. Oh, the coal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what? It gets red. Yeah, red. Right. And so well, it's, white. Anyway, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but okay, it, yeah. it's white, red, maybe with some ashes. It becomes lit as if on fire. Right. Now it burns, but the whole of it is yet, not yet consumed. Right. And as the fire goes, it eventually consumes the whole of the coal to where the entire coal is glowing with heat and light. Yep. Same thing with a log on a fire. You know, you might pull the log out of the fire at first, and there's you could dip it in water, and there's a scorch mark, and but it's still wood. Right. But if you leave it on the fire for long enough, the entire log is consumed and itself becomes living flame, living right. heat, right. living light right. in that way, part of the fire itself. And yep. so your soul, baptized and confirmed, is lit on fire with the love of God, but it is consumed throughout the whole of your Christian life as God seeks to draw you into himself, to lead you into this union in his love. Yep. So I we're called to be... Well, I, I've kind of used a similar image before that what in in the sacraments we are plunged yeah. into the heart of the Trinity, which yeah. is that that the, the the fire of Father, Son, and Spirit together, and we're we come to glow red hot in the midst of the Trinity. And impurities are burned out. Exactly. Yeah. And so, if we have any message for you today, it's buy a charcoal grill. <laughs> Get rid of the gas. Buy charcoal. What do they have against propane, anyways? I don't know. No. Oh, okay. So, but, uh, but this whole idea of the beauty of the Holy Spirit to follow in his ways in this life into a transformed life in which you don't just do Christian things, but you are a, someone who lives with Jesus on a right. day to day, hour to hour basis. Then, because that's ultimately what, what the goal of this life is to live in the midst of the Trinity, to share in God's own life, to become like him. And then we will glow as he is. Yeah. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition, with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. 
click on media and then audio files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.